Greetings, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the show. I am Precious D, and with me, as always, is my imaginary friend, Honeybee. Say hello to the folks, Honeybee. Hello to the folks, Honeybee. (laughs) Today on Monster Movie Funtime Go, we are looking at the 1965 movie Invasion of Astro Monster, also known as Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. The original Japanese title is Kaiju Daisenso, The Giant Monster War. Also known as, we've already seen this movie, pretty much, kind of. Yes. (laughs) Now, Kaiju Daisenso, I believe that would actually be the giant war, not the giant monster war, the monster giant war. It's the war that's giant. Kaiju technically means monster, or strange beast, which is translated as monster. Dai Kaiju mm-hmm. is giant monster. Oh, Dai. I believe that Dai Senso would mean giant war. That is the extent of my Japanese knowledge after over 160 days of Duolingo practice. <laughs> nice plug. Duolingo, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> I think I have a 169 day streak, but that average is about five minutes a day. <laughs> As I said, 1965, it is in color. 96 minutes in the Japanese version, 92 minutes in the American version. Directed by Ishiro Honda. Music by Akira Ifakube. This is another Toho and UPA co-production with Henry G. Saperstein Productions uh, sticking there or in. Mm. The budget is 132 million yen. The box office is... $4.2 million. I don't know why I don't have the figures in both figures in the same currency. So I believe the exchange rate is pretty high. I believe it's uh, more yen to the dollar. So I don't think it lost money, but I'm not going to bother looking up what the conversion rate is. And of course, that would be in 1965 dollars and yen. The featured monsters are Godzilla, Rodan, and King Ghidorah. Where the fuck is Mothra? <laughs> she had a previous I was like, commitment. Um, excuse me. Hello, what is happening here? We've seen all of these monsters before. I was, I, I guess I didn't know anything going into this. Like I went in completely blind, so I was really like, oh wow, there are no new monsters in this. And it was kind of yeah. like, oh, like the movie that we had already seen had sex with the Mysterians. And left Mothra out. Yes. There is a bit of Mysterians stuff going on. Uh, One of these many articles I read doing research on these things uh, mentioned that at this time, the Mysterians was actually a much more important and influential film than even Godzilla in Japanese culture. Oh. So that might be why this movie has a bit of a Mysterians stench about it mm-hmm. uh, not that the mysterians stink but it, it definitely uh. has a mysterians influence or or you could say that honda because honda's directing all of these things he's going back to yeah. the mysterians well 
in this movie. I guess the only thing from Tokyo that we've seen that he hasn't directed is Gamera, right? Yeah, that's a different company. So he right. won't have his hand in any of those. Right. But yeah, he directed a ton of shit for, for Toho. Well, yeah. Well, he's good at it. I mean, they make other kinds of movies, but I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. all of their monster movies are by him up until he retires. Yeah. The size of all the monsters is about 50 meters, give or take a little. And the death count is 923. Damn! We have a bunch of our old friends coming back. Akira Takarada as Kazu Fuji. We've seen him in Godzilla and Mothra vs. Godzilla, and we'll see him a lot more. Nick Adams is back again as Glenn. Back at it again. In the Japanese version, Goro Naya is the voice of Glenn. So in the American version, Nick Adams does his own voice and everybody else is dubbed. Kumi Mizuno is back as uh, Namakawa. We saw her Namikawa. in Frankenstein Conquers the World. And I think we'll see her a few more times going forward. Jun Tazaki is Dr. Sakurai. He was in King Kong vs. Godzilla. There's a bunch more people, but I don't think any of them are ones we've seen before. Except for Haru Nakajima as Godzilla. Masaki hey. Shinohara as Rodan. Yeah, and Soichi Hirose as King Ghidorah. And I believe all of them have played those parts before. And we'll play them a few more times. Well, Nakajima plays Godzilla in, what, 12 movies, I think we said before? Nice. So, Honeybee, uh, yeah, you sound like you didn't quite like this one as much because... Just felt like you'd seen it before. Um, I did like it. I was just surprised because I guess I just thought there was going to be. I didn't know God's. I didn't know any. I I just went in completely blind, so I had no idea that it was going to be Ghidorah. Like as soon as because Ghidorah is the first monster that we see, I was like, oh shit, okay. And then I was like, <laughs> wait a second. I, I was like, hold on a second. Then they're like Godzilla and Rodan. I'm like, wait, there's no new monsters in this. So I was kind of <laughs> like, well, that's a bummer. But I thought the movie was good. I just, okay. uh, yeah, I just was like seeing it. The title, Invasion of Astro Monster, that doesn't tell you anything, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, I did like, um, yeah, I did like the, uh, the Planet X people I liked. I did like the movie. I, I was just like, oh, okay. I guess it's just not what I was expecting. Yeah. Speaking of Planet X, there's a lot of inconsistency here about what the hell Planet X is. Because <laughs> they start off saying the guys on the rocket ship are talking about heading towards the Scorpio constellation. <laughs> and so at first I'm like, oh, they, they say they've discovered this Planet X when they're, you know, communicating back and forth with ground control they're like uh, okay heading towards planet x in the scorpio constellation i'm like wait what but then they tell us that planet x is actually not a planet it's the 13th moon of jupiter mm -hmm. so i don't i don't think anybody writing or translating this movie has any clue of what they're talking about <laughs> of, of what a planet is where things are located where jupiter is in relation to earth well, we kind of have that same problem. Just ask Pluto. <laughs> we still know where he is. We just yes. changed his designation. Again, folks, I'm working from a, a summary from Wikipedia. The thing is, I used to sit there and just make notes as I was watching the yeah. movie. Yeah, I still have my notes, too. 
and I, I'm st- I'm still doing some of that, but it's hard to do, especially if you're watching it in Japanese, because you can't look away from the screen to make mm-hmm. your notes. And yeah. I would end up doing an, I think, overly detailed summary of the movie. <laughs> but then these Wikipedia summaries are maybe a little under-detailed, so I, I think I need to do a little bit of both. But uh, it's kind of hard sometimes. I'm a busy guy. I got a lot of shit going on. Anyway, so sometimes yeah. I end up watching the movie oh. multiple times. I'd watch it once just to watch it, and then I'd watch it again to make notes. And yeah. I don't even want to talk about uh. how many times I watch Gamera. Anyway. <laughs> in the yes. year 1960X. The summary says 1960X because it's not clear what year this is happening in. But it does seem to be partly in the 60s, but partly in the future. It's unclear. Two astronauts, Fuji and Glenn. Fuji are sent to investigate the surface of the mysterious Planet X, which is a moon, not a planet. They go to investigate Planet X. They're, they're in a, you know, rocket ship, the kind that lands standing straight up, and you got to climb down. <laughs> I think they take the same little elevator down that we saw in one of the other movies. There they encounter advanced and seemingly benevolent human-like beings called the Exilians, because apparently they know that we call it Planet X, and their leader, the Controller. The aliens usher the astronauts into their underground base, and moments later, the surface is attacked by a creature the Exilians call Monster Zero, but which the astronauts recognize as King Ghidorah, the planet-destroying monster that had attacked Earth once before. Return of the space turkey! (laughs) And apparently he had destroyed civilization on Venus as well. So they say, we don't give things names, we give them numbers, so we call him Monster Zero. And then later, they designate Godzilla as Monster what? Zero One and Rodan as Monster Rodan. Zero Two, which yeah. is just... So, like, what the actual... Yeah, so these are the first creatures you've ever... You, or did you start... I mean, like, why, how is this Zero One, Zero Two? I was like, no sense. That was a lot. Yeah, anyway. No, I don't know if this would make any more sense in Japanese, and it's just a weird translation problem. I, I can't say, but it makes no sense. No sense. I guess makes it makes sense. sense in Exilion. The monster eventually leaves. So he's just flying around, all three heads shooting off their golden electricity breath, just randomly blowing shit up. Uh, he eventually leaves, but the controller states that King Ghidra has been attacking repeatedly, forcing them to live underground in constant fear. Oh, and these guys, they're doing the whole futuristic alien society thing where everybody wears the same outfit. Yeah, but at least they're not wearing capes. Now, you say that like that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't mean it. I, like I don't it. mean it offensively to like a Superman thing, but I just mean like in the Mysterians, <laughs> remember they were like, they wore capes yes. and they made everyone else wear capes. It's the opposite of you must take your shoes off if you come in. It was you must put a cape on <laughs> yeah. if you come in. Yeah. Or it's like you have to dress, oh, this is a formal restaurant. You must wear a coat and tie. You must wear a cape if you come on this spaceship. Yeah, they did not have capes. They have these weird black helmet things and sort of black wraparound visor sunglass things. And yeah, kind of like, sort of a um, black... what was it, Cyclops? Yes. Cy- Cy- uh, from yeah, the like X-Men? From the X-Men, yeah. Like, kind of like those style uh, glasses. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I think it's kind of a black and gray mm-hmm. or black and silver yeah, they, so they've got these kind of skull cap things with little points on them and these really high collars. 
and it's all sort of um, faux leather kind of, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Leather? Sort of vinyl, like a pleather, like a nagahide, <laughs> like, a, like a vinyl kind of thing. That's hilarious. Black and gray with white highlights, and they have a little red circle on mm-hmm. their left, left side of their chest. It'd be a great thing to cosplay as. If Hell you yeah. so inclined. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see, where was I? The controller says this guy's been bugging us, so can we borrow the Earth monsters, Godzilla and Rodan, to act as protectors to fight it once more in return for the cure for cancer? Yeah, and I said, um, hello, what about Mothra? Like, they were, they were, they're a three. They're, the, there's three yeah. of them. Remember the last time they were the three of them? She was the one who got them together and, like, made sure that they, they were throwing fits. They didn't even want to fucking help anybody. And they just, right. no Mothra. I was maybe like, Maybe they're just sexist. I don't know. I can't. Maybe. Or maybe, yeah, maybe, like you said, she was busy doing yeah. Mothra shit. She has a, a previous engagement. Previous engagement. She's in her cocoon right now. She was still a larva the last time. She's she's was a larva last time, so maybe she's cocooning. Yeah, I feel better. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, the English dub says that the formula can cure any disease. But in the yeah. subtitles it just says cancer. But even just cancer, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. The astronauts return to Earth and deliver the message. And I don't know, I have very few notes actually written down, but one of them is housewife's delegate. They have a big meeting to discuss whether or not they should <laughs> let them borrow our monsters. Yeah, and what the hell? Since when are these, like, our monsters? All right. of these, yeah, like, all these movies were like, fuck these guys, we gotta kill them, get rid of them, kill them, dead, and now this movie, that we're like, no, they're our monsters. Right, well, so once they saved us from Ghidorah, then now they're useful to us. Because yeah. you think they, yeah. you think they'd be like, oh, some aliens want to take these things away, please, <laughs> please take them away. They keep take my Godzilla, please. Please uh, take my Godzilla. Anyway, when they're they're hearing from different delegates about you know different groups giving their opinions on whether or not this is a good idea, and this one woman says, yeah, hi, I'm the housewife's <laughs> delegate. And I was like, what? What? Not that the housewives shouldn't have a voice. It just struck me as rather odd that they all got together and elected a specific delegate to represent them. (laughs) Rather than her representing a country or a city or a province or something, she just represents housewives in general. Very weird. We did kind of see that, though, in one of the early movies. I think it was Godzilla. It might have been Godzilla Raids again, where they were having a public meeting, and there's some women in the audience who are just like, uh, hey. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're like, yeah, oh, totally. You're right. I... They're like, they were essentially, they were unofficial, but they were basically, hey, we're the housewives, and we got something to say about this. Yeah. Uh, this, this, <laughs> you got to listen to the ladies. All you men up there in your suits making this decision, we got something to say about it. So so apparently now they're official. <laughs> Meanwhile, an inventor named Tetsuo has designed a personal alarm that emits an ear-splitting electric siren. What did he call this? A lady alarm? 
<laughs> I don't want... there, there was something something in the name of it that implied it was meant for women. Oh, I did not. You didn't catch that? Uh-uh. Um, I did hate the inventor's um, dubbed voice. Oh, it's very navely and annoying. He's designed something that's, I guess, sort of a, kind of like a tech rape whistle. Because there's something in the title of it that indicates this is meant for women to carry on them. It's like a little disc and you press the button and it lets out a horrible <laughs> sound. Yeah. He sells it to a businesswoman named Namakawa. Namakawa. She disappears before paying him. Doesn't he think that he's selling it to some for toys? I think it's a company that makes toys. Yeah, that's what it is. But not to be used as a toy. The thing is, if you did have such a thing, a toy company would have the facilities to make it, probably. Okay. Even if you were intending it to be a, an alarm, a personal alarm, sure. a toy company would have the infrastructure to make that. Okay. But anyway, she buys it, makes him sign a contract and everything, but she doesn't actually pay him anything. Yeah. I think I think the agreement is like once it goes into production, you'll get yeah. paid. Tetsuo is romantically involved with Fuji's sister, Haruno. But Fuji disapproves, finding him unworthy of Haruno. Tetsuo sees Namakawa with Glenn and later follows her. But he is captured and imprisoned by Exilian spies. So this is the same couple from the last movie. Yeah. Uh, Nick Adams and Kumi Mizuno now playing Glenn and Namakawa. Glenn and Fuji begin to worry that the Exilians may have ulterior motives. Their suspicions appear confirmed when three Exilian spacecraft appear in Japan. Yes, there's These also are... this moment, um, I'm going to take us back just a little bit, where sure. uh, when we're leaving, when the, when the uh, when Glenn and everybody is leaving the planet to come and tell everyone, like, oh, hey, they want to borrow Godzilla and Rodan, that it kind of shows the, what is he called, the controller, Commander, the controller. Uh-huh. And he's like laughing like evilly. So we kind of do see that he that he's already kind of shit, you know, like, yeah, we kind of have already like gathered that he's a civil crossing faint. Yes. He's, I mean, you know, he just looks evil. <laughs> I don't know why they believe him for two seconds. But they, yeah, these three flying saucers show up and are zipping around, scaring everybody. <laughs> The controller apologizes for coming to Earth without permission. The Exilians locate Godzilla and Rodan, both sleeping. They're just minding their own business, having a nap. Yeah. And use their technology to transport them to Planet X. They just sort of shoot these uh, spheres, these bubbles around them, and lift them up into the sky and uh, take them away. They also bring Glenn, Fuji, and the scientist Sakurai with them. Sakurai. After a brief confrontation, the Earth monsters succeed in driving King Ghidorah away. Glenn and Fuji sneak away during the battle and encounter two Exilian women, both of whom look identical to Namakawa. Exilian guards confront the astronauts and bring them back to the controller, who reprimands but does not punish them. The astronauts are given a tape with instructions for the miracle cure and sent home, leaving Godzilla and Rodan behind. Which, it's like, it's so, like, what? They both look like Godzilla literally raises his hands like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, where are you going? Yeah, this and this planet is 
just looks like a desolate wasteland. There's nothing for them to eat, although Godzilla may or may not just live off of radiation. This is unclear. But there's no power plants around for him to chew on. <laughs> so, I, yeah, they, they just kidnapped them, took them away from their home, and then dumped them on this desolate moon. Godzilla is very jumpy, too. Maybe because of the... Oh, oh, yes. I'm sorry. We have to talk... Oh, Jesus. We have to talk about his victory dance. Victory dance. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. After Godzilla and Rodan beat King Ghidorah, Godzilla does this victory dance that I always thought of as a Highland fling. Sort of a Scottish-Irish jig where he jumps up and throws one hand over his head and one in front of his chest and kicks up one leg and then lands and does it in the other direction. Oh my gosh, that is a great description. It's called the Shai Dance, spelled S-H-I-E, which was inspired by Fujo Akasuka's popular manga Oso Matsu-kun whose main character would jump up in a particular pose while shouting, Shai. Oh. I'm not sure how obscure a reference that would have been in 1965, <laughs> but it's certainly not anything your average American's going to know about. So I think most of us, like me, thought he was doing some sort of Celtic <laughs> folk dance, which oh is a very God. odd thing. And maybe even this character in this manga is doing a celtic folk dance i don't know the guy the picture i found of him he's wearing a purple suit with little crosses on it and no shoes just his socks and the style of drawing would be very offensive if it were drawn by a non-japanese person being drawn by a japanese person i guess is just meant to be funny but it looks like a racist caricature if i didn't know it was drawn by a, a japanese person so dang there you go yeah. there you yeah. go there you have it folks you can look it up yourself i don't even want to describe it well there is this part right after um godzilla's victory dance where the camera kind of like pans over the land and there's like a few music and for just like mm -hmm. a split second it sounds like it's gonna go into like i was afraid petrified <laughs> <laughs> it's just like these little like first few notes like and i was like oh it was so funny of course it doesn't but it's gonna do a i will survive yeah yeah it really does sound like it just like the first few notes of that while it's like panning over <laughs> the land after they've left the poor monsters there uh, so folks if you haven't seen it just go on youtube and look up godzilla victory dance it's uh, quite a thing to behold. I it's don't recall cool. if he does it later in any other movies, but he does it in this one. Uh, all right, where where was I? 
um, they they get the tape with the they give him a tape like a recording a reel to reel tape that has the mystery the miracle cure on it mm-hmm. and they go home and then they assemble like the UN like the world's leaders mm-hmm. they bring them all together I think in the same conference room we saw earlier where the House West delegation was. And they're going to play it for everybody. Instead, it contains an ultimatum demanding that they surrender Earth to the Exilians or be destroyed by Godzilla, Rodan, and King Ghidra, who are all under the aliens' mental control. Hi, they. It's not at all clear whether King Ghidra was already under their mental control, and this was all just a ruse completely, or if they needed Godzilla... And Rodan to beat him up first before they could get him under their mental control. Mm-hmm. It's not explained which is the case. But yeah, it could have worked either way. They might have just been pretending to have him tear everything up so they could bring, would bring Godzilla and Rodan there and then take control of them as well. Glenn storms into Namakawa's office and finds her in Exilian garb. She admits that she is one of their spies, but confesses that she has fallen in love with him. Her commander arrives to arrest Glenn and executes Namakawa. He just shoots her with like a disintegration he just, ray. Yeah, she he completely... just straight disintegrates that bitch. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> left. Uh, for letting emotion cloud her judgment. But not before she slips a note into Glenn's pocket. Glenn, if you're reading this, I'm dead. <laughs> Don't worry, Glenn. There's more where she came from. (laughs) (laughs) Glenn is taken to the same cell as Tetsuo. They read Namakawa's note, which explains that the sound from Tetsuo's invention disrupts the Exilian's electronics, which is why they wanted to buy it from him and then not put it into production. (laughs) How they found out about it to begin with is unclear. Maybe some Exilian spy just happened to be walking along when he was testing it one day. Who knows? Tetsuo has a prototype with him, which he activates, weakening their captors and allowing them to escape. And I love how he screams, or at least the English dub, he's like, it works! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. This yay is kind of reminds me of the hurrah in, uh, I think it was Gamera. Someone, (laughs) Someone literally said, hurrah! Like, oh, man. Yeah, but then we see uh, Glenn. Glenn whoops some alien ass. Yeah, <laughs> smacks a few Exilians around. Uh, Sakurai and Fuji build a device to disrupt the Exilians' control over the monsters. Glenn and Tetsuo arrive to share the Exilians' weakness. As the monsters attack, Sakurai's device is activated, and the sound from Tetsuo's alarm is broadcast over the radio. And they have a radio announcer... Come on and tell everybody, we're about to play something really unpleasant. Do not turn down your radios. Turn them up. In fact, turn it up. Turn it up. It's important. Trust me. I can't explain right now why. Just turn Turn up up your your radios. radios, Blast your stereo. (laughs) The invasion is thwarted and the Exilians, unable to fight back or retreat, destroy themselves en masse. The monsters awaken from their trances, and a fight ensues. All three topple off a cliff. Get a little Eiffel Tower here, Ghidorah in the middle, uh, Rodan behind. I think it's actually that Tokyo Tower that we've seen destroyed a couple of times now, and they keep... 
It does right. look very much like the Eiffel Tower, but it's painted red and white. No, no, no. I, I was I was saying that the fight between the monsters was an Eiffel Tower. Between Ghidorah is the middle, Godzilla is one, <laughs> Rodan is the okay. back. It's a. Is, is a if you thing? don't know what an Eiffel Tower is, it is. If you're a kid, don't look it up. If you're not a kid, <laughs> it's Google it. It only works if you make eye contact. Anyways. <laughs> Okay, I think I have the gist. Uh, but I believe we do actually see Tokyo Tower in this movie that does look oh, quite okay. a lot. Like, it looks like a red and white Eiffel Tower, and we've seen it destroyed a few times. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they have an inappropriate monster fight. Uh, where was I? All three topple off a cliff into the ocean. King Ghidorah surfaces and flies back to outer space. Uh, fucker. While those watching speculate that Godzilla and Rodan are probably still alive, Fuji acknowledges Tetsuo's important role in the victory and no longer thinks poorly of him. Now that you've proven yourself... I did realize also that Ghidorah's sounds are sometimes turkey, but sometimes dolphin. (laughs) Goes back and forth. Could be. I mean, that could be what they made it from. Yeah. This guy is just such a dick. You know, it's not enough that my sister loves you. You must prove yourself as a provider by helping save the Earth from alien invaders. Now well, I, I mean, guess it's did. okay. <laughs> he did. But he couldn't have just said in the beginning, uh, you know, my sister likes him. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, may, you know, he sure he's working on this crazy invention, but he's, he's, he's trying. It's not like he doesn't have a job at all or anything. I don't know. He's just a dick about it, you know. I mean, I know no one's ever good enough for your sister, but... Come on. Uh, Sakurai states that he wants to send Glenn and Fuji back to Planet X to study the planet thoroughly. The English dub says that they are to be ambassadors. The astronauts are reluctant, but make the best of the moment happy that Earth is safe. Um, I think they need to send like a whole brigade back to Planet X to make sure there's not some more Exilians waiting there to shoot them as soon as they get off of the rocket. I think just sending these poor two schmucks back on their own. These two schmucks. Yeah. Well, okay. Something else that I just like have a note about that we didn't get to talk about that I just want to say was the soundproof um, jail cells. The Exilians had soundproof jail cells Uh so that their prisoners couldn't hear outside noise, but their spaceships and everything else. Like that they had soundproofed because this certain noise could destroy them. Was there jail right. cells? <laughs> like what? Yes, yes. The they should have soundproofed their spaceships. Everything, yeah. But no, just their prisoners. They were like, "Well, the sound destroys us, so we better soundproof mm, our prisons." That doesn't make any sense. If these ships are good enough for interplanetary travel, they should be fairly insulated to oh, begin sure. with. So unless they had, unless they just happen to have their own radio frequencies open, they shouldn't have been able to hear that sound. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, fart noise. But yeah, I mean, I was glad to see um, Chicken Boy, Space Turkey, and Gojira. But so sad that Mothra was not here. I was a little offended that Mothra was not in this film, just like because I was like, how can you? They're like the the three of them. They they they're fighting 
for the world together. You remember that? Is it just me? Am I the only one upset? But yeah, it was good though. I liked it. I liked it all right. Also, I felt like uh, King Ghidorah's head movement was better in this movie. I felt like the maybe the puppet or whatever the heads, however the heads moved, it was a lot better in this film. It wasn't so just, uh, I don't know, I just thought the quality was better. And I liked Godzilla's teeth. We have a little close-up at one point of Godzilla's teeth in this film. I thought they looked a little bit better. Uh, they don't look so, like, fake, you know? They kind of just look uh-huh. like real teeth. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Rodan still looks like a chicken. Uh, yes, he does. He does. Well, I liked it. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's good fun. It's great. I like seeing, you know, the big guys all going at it. Uh, I don't know why they didn't include Mothra. I, I don't know if it was a budget thing or if this was part of, what's his name's influence? Saperstein? Or if the suit just What's wasn't up, Saperstein? ready. What's up? Hmm? <laughs> uh, they might have thought, well, we got enough going on with these aliens also. Yeah, I did, like the, I did like the alien uh, story. And I liked how, like, the two guys were so trusting of the aliens. And, like, this is going to, you know, join uh, the galactic unity, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, <laughs> even though the aliens were a bunch of dickholes, which, I mean, you know... <laughs> happens i guess but I, I liked it i thought it was good um i don't know what do you think how many stars are you gonna give this one uh i'm gonna give it three yeah cool. i liked it same i was gonna say was okay. a, a three three as well uh so there you go folks that's three stars from each of us send us a message let us know what you thought find us on the facebook and the instagram and the twitter Email us at monstermoviefuntimego at gmail.com. Send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mmftg. Please tell all your friends and enemies and business associates about the show. (laughs) And your friends, enemies, business associates. (laughs) Yes. Help us spread the word so that we can quit our day jobs. (laughs) We are not going to get rich off this podcast. Not with that attitude. (laughs) Next week, we will be watching a couple of episodes of Ultra Q. It is a television program that is not by Toho, but is connected to Toho. Toho was an investor and on the board of the company that produced it for television called Ultra Q, which is the beginning of the Ultra series that includes Ultraman, many, many different shows and movies and cartoons of Ultraman, as well as different uh, incarnations of Ultra Q itself. It is available on both Pluto and Tubi. They're like about half hour, approximately half hour episodes. Hell yeah. They seem to only be available currently in uh, subtitle form, just to let you know before you start watching. And that will do it for this week. Thank you for listening, friends and neighbors. Remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. And please, don't misuse sight. Until next time, we will not see you, but you will hear us on the next episode of Monster Movie Funtime Go. Funtime Go! Go!
You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dang. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was good. You should leave that in there. That should be the new monster roar. <laughs>